The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. International rugby has kicked off with a bang in the Southern Hemisphere and your place for the biggest and best rugby discussion is the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Really enjoyed last week's chat with Sam Lana and we especially enjoyed the instant reaction pod after the Wallabies' fantastic win over England on Saturday night too. Thanks to everyone who got in touch via the various means to let us know what they thought. You can do the same under the new episode page each week on The Raw, or you can hit us up on the socials as well. Joining me this and every week, a man who spent the weekend percolating on equal amounts of test rugby in New York City, Harry Jones. Hello, mate. How are you doing? How's it, Brett? Yes, I was enjoying Great Britain's uh, biggest export, which is Independence Days. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I notice uh, that you, you know, you're doing some sort of superstition, but why are you always in the same uh, jersey yeah. every single week? Yeah, this is, um, this is my circa 2011 or 12 Wallabies jacket. Um, and you're right, I wore it last week. Talking to Sam, I wore it on Saturday night for the podcast, uh, the Instant Reaction <laughs> podcast. I have it on tonight, and I will be winning. I'll be wearing it while the Wallabies keep winning. It's you don't break winning combinations, mate. You know how it goes. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Isn't it? Yeah, ten years old, and you still fit it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we will get to that voice in just a minute. Just onto the Instant Reaction pod, it vaulted us back into the top ten rugby pods in Australia, New Zealand. And Great Britain. In Britain, in fact, we jumped 92 places to land at number 10. So um, thanks so much to everyone who, who did listen. Um, tell us what you loved about the format. Hit us up on the socials or via the Raw, um, or especially leave us a review or a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but, Harry, I think we better get on to this week's guest. And it's- well, yeah, yeah, but I think maybe we should take something from that. Instant, instant pods were very popular, mm-hmm. I think, because there's a lack of sober reflection. And there's a complete... <laughs> Complete uh, absence of research, which we do, I know, both of us do for these real pods. And so maybe Mm. we should learn from that. But the listeners don't want us to think so much. There you go. Straight off off the top of the boat. Yeah, well, no, we will will get on to this. And as I say, it's a a very special guest who's probably forgotten more about professional rugby than most of us will ever come to know. The Raw Rugby Podcast. To the pod's Southern England studios we go this week. And from there, it's a very warm welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast, to an absolute giant of the rugby journalism and sports writing uh, game, former rugby correspondent for The Telegraph in the UK, who as recently as 2019 was adjudged the Rugby Union Journalist of the Season by the 12 Premiership Clubs, uh, Premiership Rugby, the organisation, and the RFU as well. Mick Cleary, welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. Welcome hey. back from an unusually sunny, um, sunny uh, UK. Yeah, you've got a great setup in the office there, Mick. I must say, you've got um, you've got Harry and I covered for backgrounds quite comfortably, which is why we both blur ours. Yes, yeah. Well, I've got plenty of time on my hands these days. Indeed, <laughs> yeah. indeed. You, you finished up with the Telegraph last August. Why? Why was uh, which was after the Lions tour to South Africa, wasn't it? Why? Why was that time for you? Uh, timing was just a, a family thing, really. Uh, yeah. Got a, a four kids. One of them's uh, eldest is out. Went off to Buenos Aires, Argentina for six weeks, 12 years ago, and never came back. So, uh, <laughs> first grandchild was born there so last year. So we decided, my wife and I, just to retire and make use of time, you know, as, as, as we've all found out. Um, things like COVID 
can interrupt the best laid plans, you know, so uh, do it now rather than five years time. So mm. that was that then really. Yeah, I'd had a fair amount of time on the road and been away an awful lot, obviously. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's, it's an accumulation and combination of, of all those things then really Brett and then but still still tuning in still watching and uh, obviously there was a lot to watch last weekend well that was gonna be my next question are you, are you watching more or less rugby in, in, in so-called retirement now uh I guess yeah I guess that yeah, the, the only trouble is I haven't I've no longer quite got the excuse I've got to watch this for work <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah um that one has worn a bit thin now so uh, <laughs> yeah but I mean it, it's just a bit weird I mean COVID is is made our lives weird hasn't it really it's yeah. just kind of we were only really, I'd say, over the last six months getting back to any kind of normality in terms of sports watching, really. Mm. You know, there's crowds, there's crowds at Wimbledon for the first uh, time. I've covered that a few times. First time this year, full full crowds. Um, I've got cricket on in the background as England trying to uh, sort of record run chase against against India. Yes, so India there's, yeah. there's crowds there as well. So and the same would apply for rugby, really. It's, it's, yeah. it's only, I guess, six months that we've... We've got back to that kind of, you know, crowds are everything, aren't they? Yeah. The Lions series in South Africa was was the most desolate experience. Oh yeah, yeah, um, and it was a real, it was a real shame for it because Harry, the um, the Box Wales Test was the first absolute full capacity stadium in South Africa in two years, wasn't it? Three years. Yes, yeah, the first time the Box had played since the World Cup at home, fifty-two thousand people. Yeah. Um, in front of crowds. I mean, and and yeah. I think in, in a way it almost uh, made the home team more nervous than the visitors. Um, yeah, the way I they mean, started, it was yeah. Such a fever pitch and uh, mix right. The crowds change everything. Um, it, in, in the exact same Lion series that people talk about is dour and bitter and all this. But you put crowds there, every one of those moments yeah. becomes the stuff of legends, right? It becomes a, yeah. you know, incredibly well fought series. So I think. Uh, yeah, that, that's the, the atmosphere we're looking for. I do think it's interesting to see um, uh, in, in for, for example, in the, in the Australian England series, uh, to see how many people are there from the opposing, you know, who's traveled or who's maybe an expat. I saw yeah. in the New Zealand game, there was a lot of Irish. It was a lot uh, of Irish, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. There, was there wasn't the same. There. There, there wasn't the same pockets of, of English supporters in Perth. And oh, I wonder okay. whether they might be flying into to Brisbane and Sydney this week. I guess we'll, I we'll doubt find out. Flying, I must admit, I think, you know, I think it's an expat sort of audience. I yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Um, you know, and it's rugby, and you would know in Australia, Brett particularly, you know, trying to trying to get rugby on the sporting kind of agenda. Yeah, indeed. The union in Australia is, is, is a very, very difficult thing. And the mm. same the same is probably true of this tour. It, it hasn't, you know, it, it hasn't made waves really. Um they moved the season. They shifted it. The clubs and whatever yes. calendar two or three, two or three or three or four weeks later in the thing, which I was always against. You know, I'm, I'm a traditionalist in terms of the season, and it's you're now right slap back. You know, you're on a tour. You, it, normally rugby's finished, gone. Yeah, for the obvious reasons. It's July. It's midsummer. You know, and as I said, we've got Wimbledon quarterfinals starting today. Yeah. We've got cricket and going there you've got the open golf starting next week rugby has no place in in that kind of calendar and and therefore yeah. this tour uh with england struggling as well obviously has a little bit of an impact but this tour really doesn't register with, with the kind of general public and the general sports fan 
Yeah, well, it'll. I tell you what, it'll it'll keep registering in Australia if the Wallabies keep playing yes, sure. like they did on the weekend. So we'll start in the same place that we start every weekend, uh, and you can kick us off, Mick. What what stood out from you for you for, from this first weekend of July tests? Uh, the Northern Hemisphere got wiped out, you know, and that's not. Uh, I've had a few <laughs> yeah. of those wipeout experiences with down the years, it, which isn't too too surprising. England England really had everything in their hands to win you know everything mm. in their favor and yet blew it again it's very very worrying times for for england eddie jones has had more votes of confidence than uh, and most premier league football <laughs> managers and I, I think he'll stay the course even if it goes mm. to three three nil because it, it's it's too close to uh, too close to to the world yeah. cup uh ireland's sort of um ireland's was defeat and the mat the measure them Magnitude, uh, as well as the manner of the defeat, was slightly surprising. Given yes, I'll agree with that. Yeah, they went in mm. with a with with a good team, good squad of players available. The Irish players are much better looked after in terms of their program through the years, so fatigue shouldn't be a factor, which it, it sometimes is with with the English uh, English club mm. sort of system. Um, uh, and the other surprising, on the flip side, was was Wales in South Africa. Yeah, I mean that's you know even if the box would have been bit nervous themselves loftus is is the great cathedral isn't it you know i mean mm. of, of springbok rugby really you know and for wales to go there and and do as they did only to blow it in the in in overtime really yeah. was was um, was a great shame so that was that that was a very heartening performance for wales whether they can keep it going or not is another matter but we'll um, see but no but england england losing in in perth was was humiliating really given yeah. the circumstances off off the match and the, even the immediate pre-match with Quade Cooper so um, yeah that, we'll, that's a real black mark against England no doubt we'll certainly get into uh, the Perth review and the Brisbane preview deeper uh, in the next segment Harry what's what's there for you yeah I was probably watching these tests a little bit um on these big themes I had in my head which was the year of the cleaner I think uh, mm. who could clean the best um, was in was in good shape in these matches. Our, the Irish players are so ingrained now, getting back into an attacking shape and leaving yeah. the rock before it's secure. That uh, Jameson Gibson. They're so good at staying on their feet, aren't they? Yeah, but they had to dig the ball in very strange places, and I think they need to secure the ruck first against the All Blacks um, yeah. and actually do some more textbook rugby. If you look at England, Australia, the same thing happened. If if uh, Hooper doesn't do a one handed pilfer on the try line and I think uh, Parecki did another one there were a couple, maybe three times where the rock wasn't secured and you yep. would think at 60 minutes that's that's good night Australia at that at that juncture of the game uh, and the same thing happened in the Wales uh, South Africa game so you know who can clean when you're so fixated on these pod structures and getting out of the rock and going back and, and getting your carry you have to commit enough people to clean these things. And these north-south matches, the breakdown is such a strange animal. You know, they're playing it differently. The referee is confused sometimes. Uh, I think in test two, it's going to be really interesting to see who can keep their breakdown the cleanest. Yeah, yeah, it will. It will. Two, two little moments from uh, from the England, uh, the England Wallabies test for, for me. The, 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 the first one happened in-game and it's, and it's that... Awful, awful broken arm of Tom Banks. Like forearms just aren't supposed to bend the way that, mm. that his his bent. That was just 
that was that was horrible and, and he unfortunately I, I, I think that's his wallaby's um, career on hold for now if he's heading to heading to Japan like I can't see how he plays again this year but the first one was just a little moment and, and a few of us noticed that I put it out on social media on um, on, on, on Sunday uh, our, our colleague Jeff Parks uh, mentioned it in his rap on on Monday as well it was just that in, in that moment of hurt for Quade Cooper, and he'd just been ruled out of a test match only minutes before, and he had all his teammates coming towards him and, and, and wishing him all the, you know, all the best, and, you know, sorry, mate, sorry, and all, all that business. And just in the background of that, Wallaby's uh, team manager, Chris Webb, just reached over his back and just grabbed his number 10 jersey hanging on the, on the hook behind oh. him and walked about two metres away and gave it to Noah Lolasio. And it was in that moment, Mick, it was just the... The final mode of indignity of that moment, wasn't it? It was. It yeah. really was the case that the show must yeah. go on. It's, there's, it's, totally. There's. There's absolutely no. There's no sentiment really at uh, at elite yeah. level in, in sport. You know, you've you've got to get the show on the road. And uh, yeah. And Quade Cooper will know that. However, he'll also know that at his age and given his circumstances of in and out, in out. You know, he knows you. There's no guarantee that you get back. You know, that's no. That's, that's well, and we and we know we know already late on on Tuesday that the Wallabies have already said that he won't play uh, the second test in Brisbane, and 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 whether he'll be right for Sydney uh, remains to be seen over the over the coming week or so. So, um, you know, that's a that's a, that's an ongoing issue there. As I mentioned, it's an absolute treat to have you writing yeah. for the Raw this series, and you've certainly not held back on where you think this England team sits. Um, has this been a gradual thing in in your eyes, or can you pin it? Can you pin the downward trend to it to a point where it started um, sort of going backwards for for the yeah, Red Rose? Really, because it, it's been such a roller coaster ride with with Eddie mm. Jones in charge. You know that uh, twenty eighteen, the same in South Africa. You know they went there on the back of uh, a string of losses, lost the first two tests, picked Cipriani in desperation, and mm. the, the body language between him and Owen Farrell on the field was was arctic. You know, I mean the two. <laughs> <laughs> and yet it was Cipriani's kind of left cross sort of field kick that, that led to the try and got, got him out of jail, winning the third test, you know. And then 12 months later, they played some of the best rugby um, off, off the entire kind of regime mm. in, in being off Australia in the quarterfinal. And then, you know, that demolition job on, on the All Blacks in the semi final was, was, was mm. wonderful. And then, then you have the final, which was the exact opposite. So it, there's been a switchback ride with Eddie Jones, you know. So you've always got that slight note of caution when you're riding them off, uh, you know, that he, he – and England do have a lot of players, you know. It, it's the yeah. thing, isn't it? You know, look, look where France are now, and yet they've had a decade in the wilderness, you know. So they're, they're similarly resourced, England and France. So if, if – they just get it right. And as I said at the start, I'm, I've got the cricket on here on mute in the background. England cricket turned around like that. Yes. Just like that. You know, yeah. one in 17 tests, I think, was there. One win in 17 tests. And now they're chasing down unbelievable totals. So yeah. things can change. So whether there has been, you know, there is a kind of natural cycle of any sports manager, football coach, rugby coach, you know, and whether whether it's just wearing a bit thin with the players, I don't quite sense that, you know, I think they still, mm. still have faith in Eddie Jones's kind of voice at training sessions. Um, but, you know, it, it's, he's on a sticky wicket. That's for sure. Really over these next couple of weekends, three, three, three nil there. will will just not sit well with a lot of England fans. They're, they're, they've heard too many excuses. 
But Mick, uh, you know, I think that's right. Everyone loses a match here and there, but the way in which you lose matches does give you uh, a window into how the, the cloakroom, the dressing room, the locker room feels. England has lost the last quarter of so many matches this yeah. year. Yeah. The Barbas, yeah. I think, but lost by 21. The France is by 07. Uh, Ireland, they lost by 17. Uh, Wales by 14. Scotland, I think, was 310. The only yeah. team they were managed to beat in the last 20 minutes was Italy. That does, doesn't that show you that there's some weakness in the finishers, as he calls them? And, yeah. But more than, more than that, the spirit. He, and sometimes he doesn't even use the finishers. So he has a lot, he has the most unused bench time of a, of a top tier team. Is there something? Uh, and to me, I think like for teams like the box or like Australia showing that kind of never say die, we'll fight to the end. That's what you want to see from an England team. No? Isn't there something that you're looking at now and saying, do the players play, you know, out of their skin for Eddie or is there something missing? Yeah, I'd say that's a, a, that's a great stat that the most unused bench, you know, despite all that nonsense of playing with words of finishes and whatever else, you know, play, yeah. players. Well, players. And, and Guy Porter doesn't get to make his debut on the weekend yeah. in, a, in, a, yeah. in a test that was, it was gone. The, the one thing he did get on there was was Harry uh, Arundel, you know. Harry so Arundel, yeah, got him on. But anyway, that's we'll, I'm sure we'll come we'll come to we him. Will. Yeah, no, I think the identity there's no identity there. There's no mm. kind of discernible kind of either shape to the side, either in mm. attack. But there's there's no kind of mood music there either. You know, I mean, it's uh, mm. uh, the great the World Cup winning side of 2003 with that harping back to you know there was identity there because you had some. Mm. Real warriors, exactly. Be it a Johnson or Delalio and Dawson, whatever you like, you know they mm. they were they were going to be beaten over their dead bodies. That you just don't get that sense with. And to be right. fair, the start of the regime they did. You know when Eddie came in post twenty fifteen World Cup, you know there was and he, he made Hartley captain was was a, was a good mood. You know the the, mm. the old dog that he, that is Dylan. You know was snarling and everything else. He was just what they needed a bit of bit of edge in exactly. them. Exactly, got yeah. that edge in them and. Uh, Owen Farrell is, is obviously just lost the captaincy or, or not been given it for this series. Owen is a wonderful competitor uh, and he sets great examples, but uh, I don't know. I don't know how sort of stirring he is. He's not, um, he's, he's great within his own kind of world of, of training and, and setting examples, but mm. I sometimes you need a bit more than they haven't, they haven't got that. I mean, and, and more tangibly, they haven't got a number 12 either, So, um, which is where Owen Farrell is at the moment. I mean, they, they're just short, they're short of that. Too much resting on Manu Tuilangi, and poor old Manu's barely, yeah. barely, barely played a full season in, in a decade, probably. So um, yeah. that's not going to be resolved quickly. You, you, mentioned, um, you mentioned earlier, Mick, that, um, that Eddie Jones has had more votes of confidence than, than yeah. anyone does. In, in in Australian sporting parlance, when a coach is given the full support of the board, everyone knows that means he is That's gone. Yeah. Is, is, is it carry the same credence uh, in the north? Yeah, you, it does. It does in certainly in football. You know, which mm. is obviously the big sport here. You know, as soon as you get that dreaded, you know they're out the door um, <laughs> uh, within within a few days. But uh, Eddie was backed again by um, by the RFU by Bill Sweeney, the chief executive, post the Six Nations. You know, they said they could see progress, they could see this, they could see that. But you know, it, it's just not there in results. And yeah, the Barbarians game wasn't a test fixture there's no caps given however yeah. you know he said it, he's without his semi-final fight the, the premiership players and 
but the side opposite them was was France two stroke three, you know, uh, yeah, there plus George Cruz and that, and, and just the indignity of it, you know, they are a scratch scratch side. The Barbarians mm. who have been on the sauce all week. I was going to say it spent three days in Monaco, hadn't they? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you you've you've got to, and and you're selling tickets. So this is an England. Yeah. Uh, this is England. They didn't say it was an England fifteen. They said this is England pre going to Australia. You know. So um, I'm afraid if you're going to market it as that and charge as that, mm. you've got to deliver as that. And they didn't deliver at all there. It was no. a big, really kind of troubling. You know. And as Harry said, mm. you know, they're, they they're losing these games late on, which you can't. Well. Fatigue is sometimes a bit of a, an issue for the Northern Hemisphere sides. You know th- this this end of the this end of the season. You mm. know, after a Lions tour, when which go you know ran into August or whatever else. So there is a little bit of fatigue factor. So I think Itoje is is you know is, is running on empty really, but it, that shouldn't be across the board. You know, so uh, no, you'd think. Yeah. Where where Mick do you think the the game sits right now? I mean, you've had an incredible career in the game. You know, twenty odd more than two decades at the Telegraph alone. Where is it sitting now? What's it, what's it getting right? And, and what maybe think, do you think needs work in the, in the modern game? Oh, well, listen, I mean, it, it, it's, it's too big a subject to, to really treat properly. <laughs> concussion, no, concussion is a big, 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 big Yeah. Big, you know, if, you, if you're looking at that kind of holistic kind of thing, where is the sport now? That, there's no question that, that that over the next decade will become yeah. more. Are we heading in the right direction? With, with with the way the game game's well, handling it's now gone down a 12, 12 day stand down, isn't it? Yeah. Just, uh, and Tom Curry's gone home. You know, England yeah. have lost Tom Curry. Alan Alatoa won't play in Brisbane for the same reason. Yeah. Well, I see Johnny um, Sexton's been past fit, which is I, I find worrying. Really, Sexton's having okay. to go in. Yeah, that that story is at the heart of the problem. It's coaching behavior and the clo- the conversations behind closed door. Player wants to play. It's your best player. Ireland is more dependent on Sexton than anyone else. Yeah. yeah. Clearly, Sexton has a history, uh, a grave history and a career, life, family-threatening history of concussions. Mm. And instead of taking the right course, they semantically changed it and said, well, it looks like he wasn't really concussed or whatever. And uh, I think that that decision has to be taken out of the hands of coach and player because these guys, Farrell and Sexton, are as competitive as it gets. And I think it's Mm. temptation is to say, uh, play on. But I'm going to cringe if I see Sexton playing against Scott Barrett and they smash into each other. I'm I'm gonna be thinking I'm not too I'm not too sure this is the right thing. Yeah. Interesting that Sam Whitelock has suffered late yes. uh, late late delayed concussion and he won't play this weekend. So um yeah no, so there's, that'll be there's certain that, views. Yeah and it's it's you know you there's some I don't know how much you play down there but Steve Thompson England hooker in two thousand and three yeah. that winning side his book came out. I mean it's just so disturbing yeah. and, and sad, you know, that he can't remember a word of that. He can't, yeah, remember, but then he can't remember his kids' names. I mean, it's it, it, it's not just saying, you know, he's got a bit of a head knock, let's stand him down for you know, for a, a month from not playing. I mean, these no. are a, a major, 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 major uh illnesses that are coming, you know, a, a, a mm. decade or so later. So that would be one issue. That's a bit of a negative. Where the sports stand, I think it's um. Yeah, I think it's slight issues, you know. I think that whole, you know, all, many of those years I, I covered the sport, the Southern Hemisphere was the Tri-Nations, which then became the Championship. Super Rugby was Super Rugby, and it expanded probably too much. And I just see that kind of fissure in the Southern Hemisphere, the big three, if you like, with all due respect to, uh, to the land of my grandson's birth, Argentina. But the big, <laughs> in Africa, 
uh, South African New Zealand and Australia, that's that's gone, isn't it? You know, and I, I'm not a great fan of seeing South African sides coming up into the uh, into the European UK yeah, competitions. Right. I don't think that's right. You know, um, um, so I think that that's also that's a worrying kind of thing, really, for the game in the Southern Hemisphere. I would say that that kind of breakup, I think, will play out more and more and more. You know, and and as you know, uh, yeah. Australian rugby union was almost bust, wasn't it? You know, and it's it's got these kind of sort of carrots on the horizon of Lions towards the yeah. two cups. But I mean, two World Cups, they're banking a lot on the future on on, on but, a couple of big money events in the next the next decade. But you can't run a business that way. You know, you can't. No, I wouldn't have thought it. so. You know, that should be the icing on the cake. You know, that mm. that shouldn't that that's their that's their kind of means of survival. It's it's the wrong way around. So yeah, I, I'd see that kind of uh, you know. Uh, much as they've achieved and, and magnificently so, those three countries, it, it, it's, I, I, I don't know. I, I'd have worries about that uh, as to where that, what that competitive or competition rather structure is going to be like over the next couple of decades. Rugby on the Raw. Mick, you were, you were scathing. Of England's performance uh, in in Perth yeah. on Saturday night, the, the line you used on the raw was that the silver lining is a mirage. This was a major setback for England, a chastening defeat. Um, I mean, you've you've never held back, but you've certainly didn't hold back there on no, 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 on, on the post mortem. You know, as we were saying, right? You know, they lose a fly half, you know, seconds before you know kickoff, you know, and then then you have calamity after calamity after calamity, and mm. then a red card. You know, I mean, that's. England were praised for their performance against Ireland at Twickenham in the Six Nations because they were reduced to 14 men themselves, England, after 80-odd seconds or something when Charlie Yules was set. And, and they went toe-to-toe with Ireland, and obviously, but then Ireland pulled away, whatever the final score was, 32-50, maybe. Anyway, Ireland pulled away, and everybody said, well, you know, that was, you know, if you're judging performance, that was a pretty good performance. But Ireland still won significantly. So, you know, 14 men, you should be able to. You should win those games, and you, then you've had three other injuries on on top of that. And your England looked reasonably comfortable, I thought actually, and then it just mm. fell apart. I mean, that's that's where it's, you know, as Harry was saying earlier, that's you, you worry about that last kind of quarter, 20, 25 minutes. You know that they can't handle it. So mm. it's, it's game management, it's it's leadership, it's all those kind of things. You know, it's uh, um, it's finding a way to win. You know, and um, I keep harking back to 2003, don't I? Actually, they, England found a way to win <laughs> I, that. I, I'd really prefer you didn't, Mick, if I'm completely yeah. honest. No, but they didn't. I didn't think they actually played their best rugby in that World Cup. They played it in in, in the Southern yeah. in New Zealand, Australia, the, the summer, as we call it, before that tournament, you know, when they I think that was their first ever winning against Australia in Australia. In Melbourne. Might have been too. Yeah, won, I think you might uh, be right. Yeah, I was there for that, unfortunately. Yeah, they won in they won in New Zealand as well. They beat the Maori as well, you know. They won yeah. the amount of six men in the pack and they won in Wellington against the All Black. They found a way to win. This England side, they finally ways to lose, you know. Yeah. And well, and uh, it was so it, it was it was so um it was like a switch got got flicked, wasn't yeah. it, Harry? Like, you know, Owen Farrell kicked a penalty in the 60th minute, and that was 14-9. Then Coram Betty wins the restart, and Pattaya scores three minutes later for, for the Wallabies to take the lead for the first time. And from there, they finally started holding possession, building momentum, and they ran away with it. 
No, it's 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 a long-term trend. Uh, I think you're looking at a flaccid attack. Uh, it's a limp back, back line. It's an orgy of ineptitude. You go back into the, the last two Six Nations, England has not scored tries. And oh, so yeah. I think that they scored tries against Australia was the most they've scored in a while, but they didn't know what to do next. Um, I think Eddie Jones has lost his way. I think he's a bad boyfriend and they can't, they don't know how to break up with him. You know, he's just... He's living off of the Brighton Bach win uh, semi-final, and then the the the, the lost Australian tour. But his story is is tiresome. He just he, he turns around one year. He's saying it's all about defense. The next, it's all about attack and the greatest mm. team in the world. I'm going to build the best team in the world. None of these things are true. And uh, he he ran off Scott Wisemantle, uh, John Mitchell. Who are his assistant coaches that are significant that are noted? He's got a huge purse. He can hire anyone. There's something toxic about the Owen Farrell, Eddie Jones relationship building, and you have Maro Toje in the pack. So I don't think there's a good feeling in that team where they'll fight for each other to the end. I think they were looking at each other mystified. And as you said, what happened? Well, I listened to I listened to um, the the players afterwards explaining it, and they don't know. <laughs> like so, yeah. they could they couldn't put a finger on it. I think there's something about communications. That's going wrong in England because they certainly have all the talents and the resources. It's, and this is not a one-off. Like I said, they've been folding in the last quarter. And it wasn't about being tired either because those, you know, the matches I cited were against Ireland, Scotland, in the middle of yeah. six, six nations. So there's a weak-mindedness there. And I, I think that's the, the problem for test two. That being said, I think England can win the second test because the things that they can fix are, I think you can point to them and they are empirical. Yeah. Australia had some things that were almost miraculous happening for them. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it's difficult to replicate a miracle, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, quite yeah, true. I, I'd agree. Because, listen, this is not, this is not a, a, a great, anywhere near a great, it's not really, it's yeah. not a proven good wallaby side, this, is it? You know, I mean, that's... that's not their, yet, no. Their, no, not yet. Correct. They're rebuilding, but it's not compared to all the sides down the down the years. You think, crikey, you know, I mean, they could do some damage to us. And, and obviously, fair play, it was a fantastic win, full of character and guts, this, that, and the other. But it's it's not a proven force, is it? Uh, no, no. It was, England, yeah, it was... It was it was mostly about Australian being tough. I always thought it was a, yeah. a tough Aussie win where, you know, Michael Hooper is like the sort of reality TV game show host that throw in the Amazon and he's, he never dies. Like, I don't know how he, he never even gets injured. But he can do a steal with one hand and you have, um, and then you have, you know, Courtney Laws looking like a dazed Brazilian boxer, you know, the journeyman. He's, he's got like stars in his eyes. I don't know if they know how to pull themselves back. However, I'm just going to say again, that game at, at 60 minutes, you would have backed England to win still, yeah, yeah, yeah. even at well, even at that point. You should have. Yeah. You, you should have. Yeah, yeah. Well, if 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 Cor- if doesn't get that restart, or if he knocks on at that restart, who who knows what happens should there? England so, have gone like, for the, uh, should England have gone for touch before Owen Farrell kicked that penalty? You know, I'm always one about yeah. accumulating on the scoreboard. It seemed to me that they they could have struck there and said, right, you know, we're coming after you uh, and, and gone for the line-out. Now, I know it's that's a six, yeah. or, six it, or one it, half, it, it doesn't the other kind of equation, you know. You, you're kind but of in, England had peeled a line-off steal just before that too, Mick. So yeah. so the yeah. line-out was, was working 
pretty well. well. They the line outside with laws in the back. Yeah, true. I, I yeah. I'm not sure. I, I'm not convinced by Courtney as a number six. I must admit, particularly against the Hooper back row. You know, it's easy. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, they, they've got flankers, England. I mean, Jack Willis, who was a good player and had a horrible knee injury. He's just back in the frame. Underhill has not been informed, but he's a proven item as well. And yeah. that came on. You know, you've got th- three guys. He's good. Pick two out and out flankers there with mm. Billy Gunapola. He's playing better than he has been, Billy. So, you know, you're not you're not short there. Yeah. You just need a, another proper flanker. Put, put, put mm. laws on the second row, I would. Yeah, yeah, the thing about playing Australia is you have to win the ball on the ground. I mean, the yeah. Aussies have always been good on the deck. And so, you know, Underhill probably is a better cleaner. Ludlam's probably the better carrier. And then Willis might be a little bit of both. But um, yeah. th- then you get into the line-out issue. And I think Laws gets picked at six mostly because all these teams now that want to have three line-out, four line-out targets. And so I think that is the conundrum. And I, I, w- I would pick Underhill just because – he gives you that really menacing, smashing tackling uh, that yeah. I think uh, England needs to, to bully Australia. How big a loss is Tom Curry going to be, uh, Mick? Well, he, he's, he's a terrific player, you know, and, and has mm. been and whatever else. But as I said, they have got standing flankers there. They've got a, yeah. two flankers, obviously, out of it now that Curry's gone. Yeah, he is, he is a, a, a loss, but they should, you know, any international team really should be able to to where, yeah. um, I mean, obviously they've got a few back at home, England as well, you know, but you, through a tour, you're always going to lose players, aren't you? So yeah. uh, of all yeah, the countries, you know, you should be able to kind of uh, to, to, to go with that. But I think, as I said, if it put, will it, any any two out of those three we've just mentioned, those flankers would, uh, work, would yeah. potentially would work. And actually they yeah. need to work, you know, as, as Harry said, the, the breakdown was where they got, you know, yeah. in the end, wiped out. We, we mentioned um, Harry Arundel uh, yeah. earlier. He scores with his first touch in, in Test Rugby and then he had his coach in the pre, in the post-match go to extreme lengths to try and not compare him to David Campisi, but all yeah. he ended up doing was comparing him to Dave Campisi. He, yeah, yeah. Eddie's surely not going to drop Noel or, or a fucking singer, is he? Uh, I would. You know, yeah. I, I think they're right up against the wall. And I think, you know, you... You've... Might as well try something. You might as well try something. And I know he's only played a, made a few starts for his club or whatever else, but if you're talented, you're talented, you know. And I know, you know, if you do play him and it doesn't go, and it goes wrong, then you've got to, you've got to keep backing him. So there is, a, there is a bit of that. Johnny May's been ruled out because uh, of COVID again. So mm. they haven't got any pace there, you know, and they need some yeah. pace. He's, and I don't know what he's got. He's got pace and he's got boldness and he's got the kind of naivety of youth. And what a wonderful thing that is. He doesn't know what could go wrong. So he yes, just, yes. Ball, you know, and yeah, I, and I know yeah. the game is gone and all that kind of stuff. But you've still got to, you know, you've still got to run that line that you, you force two, two yeah. tacklers to come in on you, you know, like somebody could better yeah. keep on cops. He's, and that's into. the thing. He's, he still had to bust. He still had to bust that tackle. He still had to fit, run and 25 metres on if he did. Now, yeah. And a little swerve, you know. So we said the same when Jason Robinson came over from Rugby League, you know, that, you know, what are they doing? What's Woodward doing picking him? So, you know, <laughs> without any experience, yeah. we'll go, you know, it, it that, paid off. That, so that, one, that one turned out all right, didn't it? Yeah, it didn't turn out too badly. Yeah. No, they need they need something. They need to get out of jail a bit, you know. And it yeah. Will it be won or lost on that? Well, it possibly could be with mistakes or it could go the other way. You could score a couple of tries. But I mean, their problems are elsewhere, really. But I mean, they do need yeah. some pace. And now that May's ruled out again because of COVID, um, they they haven't got neither Noel or Cock and a singer is 
he's an out and out uh, speedster. Far from it. Yeah. And Mick, I was interested as almost an old school story, this um, Johnny Hill baiting of Darcy Swain. You yeah. could see that it did its job. I mean, I know that yeah. you coming up, I come, when, when I played, this was one of my jobs was I was supposed to be the guy who, who winds up someone. And it really worked. You could see that Darcy Swain. Uh, That's your job so of a fixed. podcast as well, just quietly. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm very good at this. But uh, Darcy Swain was so fixated on this game, the game inside yeah. the game, that he lost track of his Wallaby mission. And he needed a senior wallaby to take him aside and say, hey, you know, th- this is nothing. Don't worry about that. Yeah. And, but did you did you see it that way? That it was basically, I don't know if it was just Johnny saying that or if someone told him to, but he came in with a purpose and it actually worked. Yeah, Yes, it did. I mean, I, I don't know Darcy Swain, so I don't know how combustible he's been uh, in the past. And as it's, com- combustation, it, it wasn't totally out of character, I must say, Mick. I've, <laughs> I've never seen him go to the extreme of headbutting, but it wasn't totally out of character. I mean, it wasn't much of a headbutt either, really. For no. <laughs> not if it's, it's, it's going to cost him five weeks. Yeah, Exactly. If you're going to go, going to drop a nut on somebody, make sure they go. No, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can teach him to do that better. I'm like, you cannot, you cannot pull my hair. It's impossible. And I can really headbutt you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, uh, yeah, listen, those, you know, compared to what was, you know, I mean, it's uh, the, sure, the it was as, as clean as, as anything, really. And you you slightly argue he's slightly unlucky, Swain, but he, you know, everybody knows there's cameras everywhere. So, you know, what looked like a bit of slapstick sort of stuff, actually, once you slow down, you know, that's it. And they can ill afford, you know, to be without a man, never mind on the the thing, but in terms of selection as well, you know, so it's... Yeah, uh, it'll uh, be interesting there. What, um, what, What did you like about the Wallabies' performance? Well, as we're saying, I mean, the, the character and the guts of it, you know, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's quite a new regime. But as I said, I think, you know, we're on COVID reset time, aren't we, in the build-up to the 2023 Rugby World Cup. So you've got 15 stroke, 18 months to, to make a mark. And you, you can't do anything if there's not that kind of uh, sense of togetherness there, you know. And um, uh, it's um, that much was evident. You know, they play for each other. You know, um, and, yep. and all the rest of it. Um, so I think, and Rennie's just a no nonsense Kiwi, isn't he? You yeah, know, he just, you know, he drills them. They know what they're about. They know what they, they they've got to do. And then, you know, you just hope for a bit of stardust here and there, where, wherever it comes. You know, but they're solid. I mean, the the pack did well, really, because it again on paper, it's 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 not the most sort of uh, either proven or formidable mm. looking Aussie pack. And we know down the generations they've they've had issues in the in the scrummage but no that wasn't there as well so that that's good news um you know and, and there's one or two players to come back in i think isn't it yeah is he, is he available tupo looks um looks like he he may well certainly dave rennie post match was was fairly confident that he'd be right for brisbane and with alator now out um that would be would be a welcome return i'd imagine yeah i think so and i think it will be about the forwards again they've got to go beyond where they went uh, last Saturday, I think, the, the, the pack really, and, and, and yeah. assert themselves, because England, you know, they've got no option mm. out, come out, you know, really, really snarling and try and make statements, mm. whether they're capable of it is, is another matter, but I mean, they, they should be able to, I mean, it's, uh, you know. So, so that's that's what they've got to do, I mean, the Wallabies have won, have won 10 straight at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane now, their, their last Last win last last year. Sorry, the last win being that thirty to seventeen demolition of South Africa last year. They haven't lost there since England beat them in the first Test in twenty sixteen. In fact, so 
you know, are, are, are England doomed <laughs> at, at Brisbane or, or what can they do I'm never quite to get sure to level about, square? I'm never quite sure about what bricks and mortar play really. They shouldn't play. I, I've, never, I've never understood that kind of equation of, of why a stadium makes any any difference. It mm. shouldn't, but I know it does, obviously. And, mm. and, and I know we've been we've been telling ourselves for forty for thirty five years, uh, Mick, that Eden Park doesn't matter at all. But you know, John Luke sat on me, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, um, with the great. It, it's yeah, no, it should it it shouldn't, but it it it, it does. Although to be fair, the All Blacks aren't bad on on any patch of grass. No, they're, so they're no, so the sun call factor, you know. Might might play a part, as I said. I, I, I mean, I've been in many games there. It's a great stadium, but it's not, you know, it's 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 not my Eden Park isn't an intimidating stadium either, is it at all? It's one of the worst in the world in that regard. It's sort of open and <laughs> bits, bits and pieces, but it's um, yeah. I don't, I don't think England will be phased, as I said, by by a backdrop. You know, they go to they go down to Cardiff, they go to Murrayfield, they go to you know, yeah. Uh, every year, so they're 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 used to uh, to, to to noise and, and backdrops mm. and all that kind of stuff. And having to how how do they it. how do they level the series then? How do they do it? Well, the forwards have got to perform. You know that we we got we we dealt with the back row and the back of the breakdown. That that's absolutely critical. If they get if they get that right, um, they've got something to offer. I, I don't know what they're going to do with with Smith and Farrell because that's, you know, Jones, well, he's, he's back them. So, you know, um, but it's um, it's not working. You know, it's it, it doesn't work. And it's, um, uh, I, I think Farrell would be better off playing 10 out and out 10. And then, yep. you know, you've got one or two options to mix yeah. and match in, in the centres there, really. I think he'd be better off. I think Owen's happier at 10. You know, he is a fly half. Yep. He's always been a fly half. He, he played an awful lot of first receiver on Saturday night, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, absolutely. And then, it, you know, it's, it's not fair, fair on Marcus Smith, really, in a way. You, yeah. You know, I mean, they had a little bit of that kind of thing with George Ford and, and Owen Farrell, you know. I mean, Ford is not entirely dissimilar to, to Marcus Smith in, yeah. in that regard. You know, talented but small. You know, so you know, once you stick him out one out, if if Farrell's moved in, you know, you're vulnerable defensively down that channel. I'd have thought. So uh, mm. I, I would play Farrell at ten, you know, and, uh, um, and which he's not going to do. He's already he's already um, mm. pledged himself, hasn't he, Eddie, uh, to that. Right. Uh, and I'd put mm. Aaron in there to, to pace. But it, it's about the forwards. I'd put Courtney Laws in the second row and 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 put a properly balanced back row in there to to compete and then get the forwards to up their scrummaging game as well because that's um that that they weren't on top of that either no 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 there was i think there was surprising parity yeah. there i think the the wallabies were confident but i think that i think that the level of, of parity was a surprise across the board harry you're of the same opinion aren't you? You, you think this is this is the time that eddie just needs to play what he knows and 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 play farrell at 10 yeah, I just pick one fly off. I don't actually don't care who it is. Um, it makes if, if you're gonna do have Danny care, then use Marcus Smith and just go ahead and bench uh, Owen or drop him out. But or start him at ten and just say kick better. Um, so I think uh, England has to kick better uh, both at poles and to the to to field. Um, I don't think they kick very well. I don't think they tested the back three very well. Um, and so also I, I well, think well no. I think that- the, the, yeah, they, they, were, they were going. They were going to bombard Tom Banks, were they? And then, and then he right. left after 25 minutes, and they really didn't give Andrew Kellaway much trouble. Right, and when you pick a kicking strategy, you have to actually play it out. You you have to do mm. 10, 15 of those things. You you, you you don't just give up after three. Um, mm. But the real big problem is is Sammy 
Karevi. I mean, Samu Karevi is indefens- He's as indefensible as Eddie Jones. So, um, you know, you, you just don't know what to do with him with Farrell at 12. I mean, so you have Marcus Smith and Owen Farrell defending the guy that no one knows how to defend. I mean, no team knows what to do with Karevi. Every other team is trying to just keep the ball away from him, uh, put the ball behind him. So I don't think – I think that's bread and butter for the Wallabies. So England would have to do what the All Blacks did in the second half against Ireland and change point of attack, use big carriers, three outs from the rock instead of, you know, around the corner and stop trying to, um, you know, get around the, the whole field. Just come in that channel just outside. Uh, hold on yeah. to the ball a little I think England didn't ever really uh, starve the Wallabies of the ball. Um, yeah, th- th- there's things they can do, but it requires one decision maker in the back line, not two. Mm. I, I simply thought Australia's ball carriers might have tried to exploit the 10-12 channel a little bit more than they, they did too, and that I'm sure that'll, that'll come up in the in the, the thing for Brisbane. Mick, before yeah. we let you go, we, we better get some, some thoughts on on Ireland uh, in uh, in Dunedin this week for the second test and, and likewise Wales heading to, to Bloemfontein? Yeah, well, Ireland have, have, have got it all to do, really. As, mm. as, as we all know, the, uh, you know, the first test for, for all the Southern Hemisphere sides, the first of the season, you know, so they'll be, they'll be better, the All Blacks, you know, and they weren't bad as it was. So Ireland have really got to reach in deep within to if they to pull off something there. And I, to be honest, I can't see it. You know, I think they're, uh, yeah. I think, you know, this time of the year, those sort of things. I mean, Farrell, Andy Farrell is, is, is a great kind of driver. Um, as we said, wrongly Sexton there as well, you know, is another inc- incredibly competitive beast. So it is a make or break game for them yeah. down there, you know, which, which, but I can't see it. I, I can only see the all blacks, all blacks getting better. Yeah. Wales, South Africa, you know, we all wrote off Wales last week going in. So due respect, you know, it was a fantastic test match. You know, yeah. and they got it there. It was. Just blew it right at the end. You know, I mean, that, that was a drawn game, really. And they thoroughly deserved that draw. And it was damn bigger, God bless him, who's as, as, as bristly and whatever as they come, you know. And he's just <laughs> what to leave. But again, I don't, I, I think they, they might find it hard to to get themselves back up there again to those same same heights. And again, the spring yeah. thing, again, will just, just grow into their season, won't they? You know, so um, mm. uh, uh, I, I can only see, I'm afraid, um, another Southern Hemisphere clean sweep, you know, which, um, uh, which, which is, you know, this, it's a great shame France aren't down there this, this kind of summer, as we call it, really, in a way they're in Japan, which... In Japan, yeah. they come through... Well, and that's... And- yeah. That's an interesting one in itself. J- Japan held them to 13 yeah. all at half time, yeah. and it was still pretty yeah. tight for yeah. another 10 or so minutes after half time. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. interesting. They're, they're interesting. the standard bearers up here, France, and they 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 yeah. go into that. We'll obviously we're 12, 14 months out into yeah. the world as favourites or co favourites, and, and rightly so. You know, they're playing. Yeah, they're playing yeah, you can definitely definitely see their um, their, yeah. their spearheading in, in that very one focused direction. Yeah. Mick, it's been an absolutely fantastic chat has been right, um, we've right. really really enjoyed this i we could keep firing questions back and forward at you for another hour or two easily but we won't do that to you thanks thanks so much for, for joining us as i say it's, it's an absolute treat to have you riding on the raw yeah, yeah. uh, for this series um we'll uh, we'll we'll have to touch base with you uh, when we when we start heading north uh, later in the year yeah perfect yeah that'll be great i've enjoyed it thoroughly cheers harry cheers Brett. thanks, thanks mick thanks a lot yeah. bye-bye the raw 
Harry, great to talk to Mick Cleary. Um, could have absolutely kept doing that for a lot longer than we than we did, but he was uh, fantastic with his with his time. And, awesome. and as I say, he'll awesome. be he'll be uh, be writing more for the Raw over the over the rest of the England series, which would be fantastic. Um, Ireland and Wales, what do you reckon? Can I, I think I tend to agree with Mick. I'm not sure how either of them come back. The, the worry for me about Wales, um, and I was going to mention this before, was that Sexton goes off in, what, the 31st minute, and then they coughed up 14 points before halftime straight away. They just you – you take a talisman out of a team and, you know, yeah. it's just not quite there. Yeah, they, they waited too long to develop the heir apparent, you know, whether it was going to be Harry Byrne or Joey Carberry. So now yeah. they're in a really uncomfortable position where you have a 38-year-old flyer for the, at a World Cup who's brittle already. Uh, he's getting smashed a lot. I mean, New Zealand came into that match saying, Dublin's not going to happen to us again. You're not going to bully mm. us. So Hallway Pounder came in at uh, six. <laughs> and, he, yeah. and he pounded. And he's lucky to yes, be playing he did. That yes, was a dirty, is. dirty hit on on a tough guy, Peter Armani. He won't be complaining. But that that's so that's there's round two coming for there. But I think what happened was there was a, an adjustment, and Ian Foster has to get some credit. He gets a lot of slamming, uh, but he he really did adjust in the second half. The All Black carriers came three men out, so you had you had plus 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 quick, and then you had yeah. just outside the guard, and those channels in the middle, in between the middle and the the tram lines, is where yeah. they started hammering. Um, and I, I think Ireland just looked rudderless. I don't think Carberry had a bad game, by the way. I just think that no, Sexton is, is the is a true pivot, and it's a, he's a true coach on the field. Yeah. And he wasn't there to tell everyone, "Hey, we're going to have to our guard has to come out." Yeah, and, you know, we don't have to protect the pillar. Um, and I think um, you know, yeah, it's 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 a tough thing to watch Sexton. Uh, look, no one wants to see the guy like Sexton retire. No one wants to see that. It's 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 hard to watch, but he needs to. And um, I just don't think they can get from here to there. They're just going to have another quarterfinal exit mm. if this is their plan. And I, and I think yeah. they're going to catch a hiding this week. Um, Sexton reminds me of a, of a barber in a small Irish town who, uh, you know, just kind of comes to work a little bit tipsy. Um, and he just looks, you know, grumpy and sour all the time. But he's, gee, he's such a smart player. And I think that's the thing. Our, Ireland doesn't have anyone to replace him on the field. Yeah, as an actual captain. So yeah, I, I think that's done, uh, and I think yeah. I think the same the same thing is going to happen to Wales, but it, for a different reason. I was gonna, I was going to say I I don't, I don't think Wales get the luxury of of a, of a slow South Africa uh, at Bloom. They're they're going to come out absolutely firing. The water boy is going to be yeah. whipping them hard this week. I mean, a lot of things had to happen for Wales to to have that magical eighteen three lead. Um, mm. You know, you have to have the the, you know, in South African vernacular, the caucus, caucus display by a flop ever. I mean, Elton was terrible beyond description. And Foster Clerk was competing with him like, no, I can be even more terrible. And I don't think <laughs> that you're going to have, I don't think you're going to have that two weeks in a row. No. Uh, the other thing is Wales had four chances to score and they scored four times. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable how little they actually did in terms of ball in hand. They didn't make it over the game line. They didn't develop any attacks they just fed off of errors like almost like New Zealand but when you're down 318 not very many teams can overcome that only five have ever in history um from tier one to tier one and so you know you look at the same problem in reverse on England 24 of the of the last 26 tests South Africa has won the second half and they won it going away 
That's where yeah, they win right. games. The yep. only the, the, the exception is is uh, in Brisbane against Australia, where it just didn't happen. Right? They looked no. out on their feet and they and they couldn't come back. But usually they come back. So I do think that Wales is in trouble. I, I will say this: the box coaches are trying to get all 42 team, 42 players in the squad a game. So you're going to see guys like Evan Ruiz playing this week uh, yeah. for sure. He was at the press conference, so that's a sign that he will be playing. Yeah. Um, and you might even see people like Andre Estes and Jesse Creel get a run instead of look on your arm. And Jesse Creel, how long has it been yeah. since Jesse Creel played a test? Been a while. Yeah, he played. I think he. Yeah, it was about a year ago. He had some time. But this is going to yeah. be a this season. This series is going to be gone for Wales, and they're going to look back and say, with thirty seconds, we could have won play, that. We, we didn't have that. to kick yeah. the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, maybe they might play Spiders Larue at ten. That'd be something, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that he, be something? He, he looked. He looked pretty good actually out there. Always After does. <laughs> Always does. There is a host of, uh, of rugby again this week, and there's a host of rugby World Cup uh, qualifiers to be played over this next week uh, in Africa and Asia, particularly. But Chile are playing the USA as well um, over the course of the next few days. Um, Saturday, Sunday sees this this five game extravaganza yet again. Japan and France are in Tokyo. Uh, New Zealand, Ireland in Dunedin, as, as we've mentioned, Australia, England in Brisbane, as we mentioned, South Africa, Wales in Bloemfontein, and uh, Argentina, Scotland in Salta. The Pacific Nations Cup continues in Fiji again around lunchtime, Australian time on Saturday. Samoa will play Tonga, Fiji hosting uh, Australia A. Both of those games are at Churchill Park in Lalatoka. Um, Some judiciary news, uh, we, and we mentioned this during the chat with Mick Cleary, the Wallabies are still will be sweating on the outcome of Darcy Swain's judiciary hearing. He was charged under Law 9.12, physical abuse for his uh, his red card. Um, Johnny Hill escaped further sanction, um, even though hair pulling is listed as a as a red card offence under 9, 9.27. Scott Barrett also escaped sanction for his shoulder first clean out on Peter Omani, as you mentioned, mate. Um, uh, locally here in Australia, as part of NADOC Week, uh, the Wallabies will wear their 2023 uh, 2022. First Nations jersey, and we'll sing the the national anthem in Yugambeh language against England on Saturday night. Uh, Reese Hodge has been recalled to the Wallabies squad from the Australia A squad in Fiji, and he'll be there as cover for with Tom Banks um, facing a, a lengthy stint on the sidelines. Uh, Sam Whitelock is out, as I as mentioned from the second test, um, and his potential replacement Tupo Vai, um, he's out as well with COVID. Uh, New Zealand rugby confirmed on Tuesday that the Dunedin and Wellington tests are now sold out. Well, the last tickets were snapped up on uh, on Wednesday. Oh, sorry, on Tuesday. I beg your pardon, which is fantastic. Uh, Samu Karevi and Mark Nwanganitawazi were named in the Australian Sevens team for the Commonwealth Games, which runs July 29 to 31 for the Sevens. Um, so both Australian men's and women's squads looking for their first ever Commonwealth Games gold. Uh, the box um, announced as well on Tuesday that uh, a select 15, they're calling it, will play Bristol as part of a planned series of midweek matches on their end of year tour. They're going to play it, I think, before the Italy game and before the England game, but they want to play, I think, three midweek games. So they're going to have a proper end of year tour by the looks of that. Yeah, they definitely want to get everyone's uh, game time. You can see that they're trying to rotate people in uh, and, and just get as many tests as possible or game yeah. time as possible before World Cup. 
yeah, between here and now. And an absolute flurry of signings in the last couple of days as well. Stephen Perfetta staying with the Blues. Alex Murphy leaving Queensland to go to the Melbourne Rebels. Chase Tiatia leaving the Chiefs to link up with uh, the Western Force. A uh, friend of the pod, Michael Atkinson, has re- reported a few days ago that Bryce Hegarty's on his way back to Australia, potentially with the Western Force. Ryan Lawrence is coming back to the Melbourne Rebels from Major League Rugby. Dion Foree has re-signed with the Stormers uh, for another couple of years. And in France, Cameron Walkie is leaving Bordeaux to, to, to head to, to Racing 92 next season, which will be an interesting little shake-up there, I think. But, mate, that is episode 24 of the Raw Rugby Podcast in the bag. Don't forget, Harry and I are on the socials, and don't forget to drop us a line on the Raw when the new episode page lands. The Thursday two-up will be back to kick off this weekend's Test Rugby pr- uh, previews. The site's got you covered for live scores and blogs all across that marathon of games on, on, uh, on Saturday. And Harry and Jim Tucker and myself will be back on Saturday night with another instant reaction after the second England test in Brisbane. Remember, of course, the pod is on all the major platforms. So like, follow, subscribe, get all that so to make sure you get any notifications as soon as it's live and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay and Harry Jones every week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate and the home of all your favourite international rugby analysis and opinions. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears and I hope you're wearing this jacket next week. Come, play with us.